0: so I think Dina hates me. Why? I was falling asleep as she was telling me about her mum dying. Oh, man.
1: Yeah. I'm such an arsehole. No, you're not an arsehole, Jack. no, you're not. I think you might be the best person I know. But you can't keep putting everybody else
0: first. I'm worried about you, man. Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Slawinski.
2: And I'm Bartek. Hello, Bartek. How are you doing? Good, but I think I'm hallucinating because you're in the room with me? Or are you in the room with me? Is this
0: Inception? Is this a dream and you're in my dream and it, we know for a fact I don't remember my dreams so this is a real nightmare for me.
2: It is Inception, there's a person in a room and another person in the same room.
0: Yeah exactly so... And Boam. And Boam. So we are here in person Bartek, it's been a, quite some time since we've got to physically record so we'll be working out how it is to be in the same room looking at one another longingly, lovingly, repeatingly, weddingly. <laughs> so we're doing pictures power the show in which we talk about a movie that has come recommended uh this episode it was a recommendation from one of our listening people one of our returning guests uh who is actually on with us calling in as an expert on the movie that has been chosen uh it's our good friend bartek who is it it's our good friend lauren tice hello lauren
1: Hello, how are you?
0: <laughs> We're doing very well, Lauren. You picked a movie for us to watch. Could you tell us, remind us all what movie you picked? I'm doing well too, by the
1: so, way. So it's Netflix Netflix's um, Love Wedding Repeat, which had all this hype, and Did that's it. all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it had all of this hype I had never heard of this movie before The talk and about relationships <laughs> with it I've never even heard of it before Lauren said, Oi, oh, you guys should do this movie i never saw it on the Netflix recommended page for me
2: I guess it's too busy recommending me Star Trek Yeah, and well, jumping right in Fun fact, this is a, year, this is a film from this year
0: Yes, 2020 The year that keeps on giving, huh? <laughs> So, Lauren, you recommended the film of discussion, Love, Wedding, Repeat. So for the listening people out there... We are going to be talking about this movie in depth. Spoilers and all, all the interesting (laughs) details and storylines are going to be spoiled. So if you haven't seen this movie before, watch it, because we are going to be dissecting it, analysing it, reviewing it, discussing it. So I gave away my history with this. I'd never heard of this movie before, never knew it existed, never saw it recommended on Netflix, ever. Like right Netflix always has their recommendations for those these type of movies you and you see them whether you remember them or not but you see them but I never saw this one and when I searched for it to watch on Netflix I had to like a legendary film, Loquisha had to type in <laughs> had, to, had to type in the full title for Netflix to show me the movie pop up. What was What was your thing. percentage
1: of match? Like your match percentage?
0: Dude, I wish I wrote that down. I don't know what it, my percentage was, but I hope it was a hundred percent. So I never heard of this movie before. Never seen it. We talked about it, Lauren, because you said you got to do this movie, and I said, oh, I-, I have to look up what this movie is because Lauren just brought it out of nowhere. Because I, I just... literally
1: I literally messaged you while I was watching it going this has to, this is this is podcast worthy.
0: It it definitely definitely may be. We'll see as we talk <laughs> along. And I looked up the cast and I didn't know anyone in it and then I recognized someone by looking at it and being like, "Oh, Sam Claflin." I just saw him in one of the most fucking brutal movies <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, and he played one of the most despicable men I've ever seen portrayed on screen, and he's supposed to be, like, a lovable guy in this.
2: Okay. Well, I actually, I,
1: like, I, I I, love Sam Claflin as an actor. I watch him. I haven't watched The Nightingale yet, even though I said I was going to this You day. will love him. But. <laughs> no, um...
2: you won't. He's a fucking monster. <laughs> I don't want
1: my, I don't want my image, like, I don't want my image of him, like, you know, distorted. <laughs>
0: Oh, but oh, we'll talk about distorting images of Sam Claflin <laughs> because there's a lot of reviews that are upset about his appearance physically in this movie, image-wise. Yeah, I have a few to, I think they're comments. They're trying to make him
1: a bit more Hugh Hugh Granty in this, and it just doesn't really work.
0: Well, we'll discuss that. So I had never I, heard I of regret, it.
1: I wrote down like Grantisms. I I created a, a term called Grantisms.
0: I, I, nice. I wish he was Paddington two level Hugh Grantism, but I guess not. <laughs> So Bartek, you're a big fan of love and romance and repeating things over and over again, just screaming constantly, spit and polish, because we're we're spitting and we're always Polish. Always Polish. Ubi Grooby Kwanzaa. So what is your relationship and history with this feature film that
2: we had to watch? Um, we have the recording of me first hearing about this film because it was at <laughs> the end of last episode. Um <laughs> and it was a very very funny thing because obviously you introduced me as, oh, the despicable guy from this movie, he's the l- romantic lead in this film.
0: And I'm right. He's and the romantic lead in this movie. He is, yes, he is. I, yeah. Lauren, you found this. How did you, like, was this just one that popped up on the Netflix recommended and you watched it? Or did you seek this out because of your attachment to one of the lead performers?
1: <laughs> um, the latter? <laughs> Because I follow him on, like, Instagram and stuff. It's He was, you know, they advertise these films. And then uh-huh. it was, I think I had, like, a 93% match with this film. And I'm like, that is definitely incorrect after watching it.
2: Um, is that based on your, like, likes and dislikes? It's based on what you watch. Yeah, right. I, you should, just, uh, I should yeah, check what, what, what mine watch. is.
1: Yeah. So... Because because I I've watched the Hunger Games on Netflix. I've watched what else have I watched? Um, Me before you. I've watched a lot of the Sam Claflin kind of previous works that he's done that he's notable for.
0: And are you a um, fan of these Netflix rom rom? I was gonna say rom com, but that would be too far. Romance <laughs> movies like the was it the Christmas Prince and those type oh, of movies that come out? I watch, you I watch
1: them um, like. Because they're funny, like I don't necessarily think they're gonna be like you know.
0: But the algorithm on Netflix doesn't good, know that, yes, so it keeps I know, recommending so I them. Get
1: recommended them. Um, I do like watching the Christmas movies because they're just silly, <laughs> and jingle all the way. Ridiculous.
0: So you saw this, saw how terrible it was while watching it, and said, "Ryan and Bartek should see <laughs> this with their eyes and their ears and talk about it with their mouths."
1: Yes. Yes. Definitely. So, do you
0: say terrible? What? Did you say the word terrible, Ryan? No, I didn't say that. I said, you know, maybe, who knows? <laughs> we will talk about it. So I watched this I watched this movie this morning of this recording. It's afternoon now. I saw things that were alarming from <laughs> the beginning. Logos of European and foreign film things that were just there like who are these things why is this written in italian what is this i thought this was like a netflix rom-com movie why is this all foreign stuff i'm like okay and then uh, judy dench narrated but then i realized very quickly it's not not judy dench Dench. oh i know but this is my (laughs) viewing experience i went oh judy dench is in this and then i said Huh, weird, I'm not seeing her name in the credits. Usually, if put <laughs> Judy Dench in your movie title, but okay, maybe, maybe she'll physically turn up. Who knows? Then I saw the name of the director, and I was very impressed because I misread his name. His name is Dean Craig. Can you imagine what I misread I his name as? Daniel Craig. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> oh, really actually, I did mi- a yeah. Double take. I was like, what?
1: Daniel Craig? No. And then I said,
0: oh, well, Judy Dench is in the movie. <laughs> it's all adding up. It's all adding up. And then. I keep going and I'm like, no, 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 Dean Craig. I looked up on IMDb while watching. You're like, oh, Dean Craig, not Daniel Craig. But I made jokes about. Oh, wouldn't this be great if Daniel Craig was like, oh wait, I've got to, i got to delay the next Bond because I'm directing Love, Wedding, Repeat. <laughs> like, I would love that. And of course, Sam Claflin being the big thing that I was watching this movie for. And I'm like, oh well, Sam's in it. And then Olivia Munn's here too, a woman who Frida, apparently and Frida is Pinto. important. Whoever that is. <laughs> but I saw this this morning, and I didn't know what I was getting into. Here's what my expectation was of the movie Love Wedding Repeat. Mm-hmm. I saw the title, and I knew Sam Claflin was in it. And I know Sam Claflin only from The Nightingale, in which he goes against type. And that's what I know about him. Is That movie is against type. For him, He is the type of guy who, from my understanding, is the kind of sweet attractive guy with the hair and the face and he's Dang. hunky <laughs> and he's like the romance guy like he's the guy in the wheelchair in that movie and yes, i know yes
1: i love that book i love that movie don't get me started on lauren
0: exactly so i, I know have a him tattoo
1: as... based on the book on my on my wrist
0: good because i want a tattoo of love wedding repeat on my <laughs> wrist but I didn't know Sam Claflin outside of Nightingale, but I did know after watching that movie, that's the only thing he's done like that. Everything else is this type of movie, this fluffy, aimed towards women type movie that doesn't necessarily, from my perspective, scream shows off acting talent. It screams shows off physical attractiveness. So I walk into this movie with that mentality going, okay, and I thought in my brain, love wedding repeat okay, I thought it was going to be like wedding crashes or something in terms of he's going to be like this ladies' man, charismatic guy who loves to go to weddings and pick up chicks, but then he meets a woman he actually likes, and then things are going to go from there. Mm -hmm. And that's what what I thought. That's kind of what I thought. Just with the title, Love Wedding Repeat. I didn't expect what I got from the movie when the repeat part came in. Oh, yeah, no,
1: the repeat was very... Repeat
0: the inception twist.
1: It was a literal repeat.
0: (laughs) What about you, Bartek? What did you think this movie was going to be before you actually got to see what it was presented to you?
2: uh yeah. So, just looking at the three words in the title, I was expecting this to be a rom com targeted mainly at women, not too dissimilar from like The Wedding Date. Mm -hmm. Um, and the and my interpretation of what the repeat part meant was oh. It's a wedding, and the main character is not one of the people getting married, but they're going to fall in love with someone, and it's going to probably end in like a proposal or something, and hence there'll be another wedding.
0: Okay. But what we got was... Do you remember Death at a Funeral, that film?
1: (gasps) Yes, it's it's very much like Death at a Funeral. That's like, you know, the ensemble cast, and then, you know, all these kind of shenanigans happen.
0: And they gather wow. around for this event that all these family members and friends are going to get into. Someone's on drugs. Someone's there to confess a secret, dark, forbidden love. You have the straight person who's trying to keep it all together, but they're getting attached to this. Do you remember the other film, uh, uh, A Few Best Men, with yeah. that was set in Australia? Yeah, with I saw Libyan that. Union? Okay, fun fact. This film is written and directed by the writer of Death at a Funeral and A Few Best Men. Really? Once I read that and saw that, I realised while watching this movie, oh, of course it is. And once you know that, you watch (gasps) this movie and all the beats that are in this movie are in those two movies. Some of the details are changed around and I realised... I love Death at a Funeral. That was one of my favorite movies of that year. I loved that movie. Yeah, that
2: was great. Yeah, I think I saw it. Yeah, And
0: I realize now that this guy has been trying for the last 13 years (laughs) to repeat that movie again and again and again. You look at his IMDb and all the things he's done after this movie, after Death at a Funeral is just trying to do that death at a funeral again, trying to capture that lightning in a bottle. And, and that's this what is the repeat means. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the repeat means. So once I saw that aspect into place, it made my viewing experience a hell of a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun watching it, because I was just watching, ah, so this is how he reappropriated this into the movie. Oh, he's changed this little detail from that movie, and kind of, and I was seeing it from that perspective, of a, how is the auteur of the death and a funeral universe, I'm going to call it at this point, trying to just replicate a movie that did well 13 years ago, for a modern audience. And That was where my main enjoyment of this movie came from. Did you enjoy this movie, Bartek? Uh, in little parts, but I'd say overall, no, not really. Say sorry to Lauren. She suggested this movie
2: for for our punishment. Say sorry that you didn't enjoy it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm a masochist. I'm happy that we picked it. Lauren, how did you feel watching it?
1: I felt really disappointed. But, because I, I was watching it with my housemate, we actually were watching it and we're like, oh, this is very, like, similar setup to, you know, Death at a Funeral. And then we were like, oh, we kind of wished it was Death at a Funeral
0: instead. Or Four Weddings and a Funeral or any <laughs> yeah, Hugh Grant movie yeah. ever made ever in his career. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah. you were disappointed by that. You How did you and feel? And it
1: was just, it was It was cringier than it needed to be.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. I think. <sighs> You don't say, Lauren. I'm so Lauren. I know you're talking, but just as just while you talk, uh, just so you know, I'm just adjusting my junk because it's got caught in a kilt, and this is going to go on for five whole minutes. (laughs) Yeah, that runs your gym. Yeah, I and hated just, this and, movie. Oh, and I'm just going to, like,
1: overstay my welcome while you guys say goodbye as well.
0: Oh, yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> that as well. And <laughs> and while Bartek is lamenting his life, I'm going to, just so everyone knows, I'm going to be taking drugs accidentally, and it's going to be a crazy time. Well, actually, you know what's going to be funny? Lauren and I are going to be talking this whole episode, and Bartek's going to chime in at the beginning, and just like the Irish best friend he's going to disappear for a good chunk of the movie and only come back when it
2: repeats again at the start. Like, when our episode flips back on, you'll be like, oh, we're was in this movie. My circumstances <laughs> will be different when we repeat.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I only knew two people from this movie properly, like which was Sam Claflin and the Irish best friend, Um, I forget that actress's name, but she's always on QI. Um, oh, she is, isn't she? Yeah, mm. like, uh, uh, Ashling a- B or something like that. Paisley? and. Yeah, Aisling B and yeah. she was fun she was trying to be funny in this movie, but God help me,
2: she <laughs> couldn't she couldn't get there. I was looking up um all the actors like on Wikipedia, just quickly look at their filmographies. I think one of them was in Big Stan. Good
0: for them. I I mean <laughs> fuck me. So Lauren, you came in primarily for this movie because of the sole reason of you wanted to look at the attractive man. Did yes. it satisfy those needs, because in the credits he took his pants off,
2: well someone else did someone though. else did, but his pants
0: were <laughs> off did that did that Did that make the film better? like how was your feeling? like how did it go for you? because this is the reason you went to this movie was I love Sam Claflin physically yeah, um did it meet well, that criteria? <laughs> um
1: me and my housemate we we persisted through it. there were multiple times where like, should we keep watching this? Should we keep watching this? Should we keep watching this? But we we persisted and we managed to watch the whole thing. Look, I just was really watching it for Sam Claflin, so that's, that's literally fine.
0: And how did he do I for you?
1: Looking. I was looking. Um, what was the question? Was how that?
0: did he do for you? How was he for you in this movie? On your Sam oh. Claflin scale, where on does my, he fall? On the like, radar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, um, the, on the Clafter, yeah.
1: On the <laughs> uh, <gasps> I want to make this an actual thing now. <laughs> um, um, look, I'd probably... It's not one of his best ones.
0: Mm, but how like, hot was he in the movie?
1: <laughs> he was still attractive, but it wasn't like, you know, shirtless Finnick O'Dare in Hunger Games.
0: I don't know what that in is. Hunger Hunger Games, it sounds like a in riddle.
1: Games... <laughs> In the Hunger Games he wo- he walks around shirtless and eats sugar cubes. Like that's
0: <laughs> Is he and a also, no, horse? actually I
1: was actually kinda happy because he didn't die in this movie.
0: Is he he no, Lauren, Lauren, Lauren you movie. can't Lauren, you can't skip over that. I've never seen the, any of the Hunger Games movies and I'm pretty sure Bartek has a limited knowledge if he has seen them <laughs> at all. If not, he probably hasn't, right? I don't know Bartek, but I have a friend who's seen it. He walks around shirtless. His name sounds like an old-timey riddle from a from a fucking creature in front of a pyramid, and he eats sugar cubes. What is he a horse in that movie? Like fucking eats? Aren't they he's he's starving kind of in when the Hunger in all, Games? Isn't that the point?
1: Like, he's in the sequel. He's in the sequel, and he's in the third and fourth movies.
0: He's in all of them.
1: Uh, but, but he's actually... He's, he's pretty accurate for the book representation of the character in that, so...
0: Lauren, I'm very happy that he's accurate for the book. But on the scale, did he did he get you off in this movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> and why was that? He was in a I nice suit.
2: Well, he's not a because lawyer. he kept so. annoying me with his... Um, I think,
1: potentially... I think this is where the Hugh Grant kind of thing comes in. I think a lot of what he does in this movie I was it was too reminiscent of Hugh Grant and I was like as much as I like Hugh Grant I like to see you as a not like doing your own thing like his little mouth movements and jaw movements were re- very reminiscent of Hugh Grant.
2: So you could see all like the rom like, rom com cliches that he was, playing. yeah,
1: yeah, in his kind of performance a bit.
2: Oh, Oh, one
0: hundred percent. I uh, I'm 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 not a huge fan of Hugh Grant rom com actor. I'm more of a fan of Hugh Grant Paddington two actor. I'm liking Hugh Grant Renaissance actor, like his current trajectory as an actor right now.
1: <gasps> yes, right now he Hugh Grant is doing such He's... a great job. He... I watched. <sighs> what have I watched? I watched a very English scandal. Yeah, yeah, like, where he whoa. plays a gay politician. I was, like, I was like, this is the Hugh Grant I want to see. I want to see him start winning awards. I want to see Paddington 2? <laughs> yeah, Paddington 2 was great. He, was, he great. was great. But
0: you know who wasn't great? Sam Claflin in this movie. I could not get past the fact, and Bartek, I hope you echo this sentiment, that I saw him in a movie where he played a colonialist scumbag Englishman racist, killer of children type character, and then I see him in this movie, and I couldn't get past that for a good portion of, I'm supposed to like him, but then I couldn't get past, this is the major thing, and I couldn't get past it for the whole movie, which was, he's terrible in this, like acting wise, he sucks so hard, but in The Nightingale, he gives like one of the greatest performances I've seen in recent years of a scumbag, and I just could could not process in my brain that, I've seen this guy give a performance that I like, and here he is giving nothing—like nothing. Like there comes a point where I realized, oh, is he—is he our main character? Because they kind of don't focus on
2: him a lot as well. Yeah, they kinda yeah the just film kind of wander off. It from delves him. into ensemble.
1: Yeah, they like set it up th- to make you think he's the main character, but then it does delve into the whole ensemble piece. But then they came that, back to him, is, and you're like, no, no, he's the main character. That is that is reminiscent of. Um, death at a funeral, because you think Matthew McFadden's going to be the main character.
0: But the great thing is, he has a problem that but we follow throughout is, the whole movie. Yeah. Matthew McFadden won this. Sam Claflin has a series of problems, but he doesn't really engage with any of them, because he wants to get with Olivia Munn, but we don't really care about that, because we don't... I don't care about the...
2: Will they get together? Did you, Bartek with Olivia Munn? Um... Uh maybe on the shallowest level but I was not on the edge of my seat no
0: how was it for you (laughs) seeing Sam Claflin Bartek in this because this is the main reason I chose this as well was I gave you Sam Claflin at what I think is his best of like here he is as this polar opposite end is now this one how was it for you watching it did you have these struggles like I did did you get past it what was your feelings
2: I got past it, but the very first time I saw him, it was very much a, oh, there he is moment. (laughs) And it was like, I could look at him and like, yep, I can see like all the features I remember of him from the Nightingale. His hair is slightly different. Uh, For the most part, yeah, I did look past it, but there were moments where I was just thinking like, oh man, this is very different from the Nightingale. And when I thought that, I thought about the Nightingale.
0: Yeah, and you think about him being like fucking evil. And in this, I couldn't get, okay... I did not find him... (laughs) This sounds really, really bad, but it is true. My wife, Rachel, agrees with this sentiment. She's seen him in a few other things. She's seen him in the wheelchair movie, as we like to call it. before you. Whatever. Wheelchair movie where him and Daenerys fall in love and he's in a wheelchair and he dies. So she's seen him be this role before. But even she said, he's really unattractive in this movie. And she was also equating it to the Nightingale, where you don't find him attractive in that movie. But for some reason, his haircut in this movie was so distracting, because it just framed his head in a weird way. Like, it felt like... his
1: hair looked darker than it normally should be. Like, he he usually had, like, an ashy blonde kind of hairstyle that's actually a
2: him. good and point it yeah it's
1: very dark it's more of a brown color it's
2: like a black yeah when i was yeah. um when i was looking up this film afterwards and you know i was on imdb i clicked on him and the picture of him on imdb is like nothing like the nightingale in this film
0: yeah he he's a chameleon in a in a way like change of hairstyle he can look really different which is a compliment but in this one his hairstyle was it may i did not find like I was trying to watch it, being like, okay, how attractive is this guy? And I couldn't see this thing that you had, Lauren, and nor did Rachel, my wife, who has found him attractive in previous works. It was just like, he's all teeth in this movie as well. Like I was just like, in the in the movie that we watched last week, nine ago, where he played a British colonial scumbag, I didn't note down in my brain of, oh, he's got very British teeth. In this movie it's all British teeth. I couldn't stop noticing how British teethy acting he was. Yeah, well, Lots of hey, my. you could hear his teeth smacking against each other with lines of dialogue. I didn't notice that another, in the Nightingale. Another
1: film he does that in is Enola Holmes,
0: which is another where, Netflix film. Where he movie plays, where he my plays Mycroft Holmes. Could you imagine that, Bartok? He plays Sherlock Holmes's sleazy brother Mycroft. Okay. Now, that's actually good casting. I haven't seen the movie, but i I bored the on that. movie's good. The
1: movie's good. Is that the I character
0: that Stephen Fry played? Yeah, yeah, films? that's what Stephen Fry played in the Guy Ritchie movie. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I found him not attractive in this movie, and I kept thinking about the one thing I did see, him, like, and it's just weird to say, like, yeah, Nightingale, he was hotter in that movie, and he's supposed to be filthy and disgusting and unlikable. But this, I had nothing to attach myself to with him, and then I realised, were there any characters I liked in the movie? I don't think so. Bartek, what about you? You're far more charitable and reasonable when it comes to movie watching and, and liking characters and not liking him than I yeah. am. Did you like anyone? Did you actually get attached to anyone
2: or find anyone particularly gripping or funny? I'd say that I was pretty neutral throughout the whole film. I didn't really hate anyone. Um, the Sydney character who, he was the one that keeps interrupting people and, and he found- The one with the kilt. The one with the kilt. He found himself boring. I, I, obviously I found him fairly annoying throughout the film, (laughs) but I at least appreciated that the end of his character arc had him, you know, apply what he learned about himself. I also liked. Okay, I hated Sydney as a character so much. So but, did
1: I. I was like.
0: Oh. But I will say this: I respected his character in the way that you said. But also, I respected that he felt like, out of all of our characters in the movie, he felt like the most um, realized and well-defined comedically. Even though I didn't enjoy his comedy, I understood what his character was. I went okay, and I bought into every single time they gave a new little detail on what he was. I went, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. And I got to know him. I felt like this guy, I felt like, yeah, this guy is fully realized. Even though I didn't like his character, I fully bought into him in the world. Well, Chaz was his name. Dick <gasps> guy. I was like, oh. There came God, a point where they Ma, they made a whole oh thing about he's gosh. worried about his dick size. And I just was like, I don't buy that from this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did you buy that from that guy? No. <laughs> no. And there was just lots of stuff like that. Or the actual bride herself, right? I didn't care about her character at all. And then they kept introducing things about her character and it felt like they're only introducing them for the hijinks sake of we've got to add this layer and this layer to the hijinks of the comedy. While with um, Sydney, he felt like, okay, he feels reasonable. I found him very aggravating and too much awkward comedy, but he was kind of like the only one that purpose. I liked.
1: Yeah, he had his purpose and he you could... You- when you can identify like a character's purpose it makes it easier to watch even if it's not necessarily a character you like
2: yeah we'll be getting into the repeat part of the film pretty soon but um one one positive for him with that is that like yeah we got to see more realization on both sides of the repetition
0: yeah, I but I thought at first the character I was going to gravitate towards was the um the chick from QI, the the Irish best friend because they they really set her up pretty easily like she's in love with this guy, she's this person's friend, she's the funny Irish lady and she's going to be doing the zingers throughout the movie and she just kind of sh- stops being in the movie and then when they did the ri- the repeat And they showed her again, and they showed her in all these different situations. I was like, oh, right, she was in this movie. The last time I saw her was, like, 15, 20, 25 minutes ago. Where's she been? Where's she gone? She just kind of left the movie. And then I realized, like, oh, yeah, I was going to like her because I like that actress. I like her on these panel shows. But she never got to do anything, really. At the end of the day, she gets her little love story with that guy. But, again... That's after she had disappeared from the movie, and this yeah, isn't she... the repeat part of the movie, which is is kind of like its own movie. <laughs> like... Yeah,
2: the first part of the film, she was pretty much just at the English table, right?
0: Yeah, and, that, and but then she disappeared. Like, there comes a point where he's just sitting there by himself. Where did she go? Like, the guy who fell asleep on the drugs or whatever... And the kids are dropping food in his mouth, and then across the table you had the couple bickering about dick size or whatever. Mm. About the uh, and it was like, where did where did she go? Where's where she she gone? Nobody knows. And then like many characters like like for instance, my wife Rachel had to tell me that that um Aisling B's character was not the ex girlfriend that Sam Claflin was worried about. Mm. Because mm. I thought Oh, because he he interacted with her character, the Irish best friend character, with that snippy kind of back and forth. I don't like you, you don't like me, but we kind of like each other. Attitude, and I was like, oh, she's the ex, right? But then it's like, no, 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 no. It's this it's this woman over here in the red dress that he's barely interacted with in the entire movie. Oh, that's the ex. They make a big point at the beginning that he doesn't want to be near her. There's going to be lots of like tension, and there's going to be lots of hatred, and you're expecting from that. Oh, when they when they meet, there's going to be uh, an explosion of something, but they didn't have that for, like, ages and ages and ages and ages. Until
1: he, until she headbutts him.
0: That's only because Chaz started that whole entire affair. Mm. And, like, and that's also in the repeat part,
2: wasn't it? The headbutt? No, that's at the very, just before, because, like, at the end of that part, he's bleeding because he got headbutted. Oh, And that's right. his sad
0: yeah. ending. <laughs> oh, you're right. I forgot. See, so it's, yeah. a, it's a... <laughs> It's a visual novel of a movie, that's for sure. Visual novel is very right. I was suffering so much during this movie, and here's how I would describe it. Mm -hmm. This is the closest I'll ever come in my lifetime to feeling what purgatory is. It's not like I felt (laughs) like I was in hell. I wasn't in heaven, I was in Purgatory. I'm an unbaptized baby and this is where I go. Because <laughs> it's also lit like I'm in fucking Purgatory. Some of the blandest, most overexposed, cheap-looking lighting I've ever seen in a movie of recent years. Like, this looked cheap as shit. <laughs> Ryan's calling out Rome. I'm calling out Rome. Rome. What was her? What was the groom's name Roberto? Roberto. What a great character, huh? <laughs> what a great fucking character he was.
1: We knew nothing of him.
0: Did you have a favorite moment in the movie, Lauren? Like, like, and we all know it's shit. But did you actually have one that you found yourself going, oh, that, you know, that was good?
1: I'm trying to remember. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's not a good sign, is it? No. Um. Oh. Oh, I think you know when it paused on the before the repeat section happened. Yeah. You know when he when he gets when Roberto gets you know basically killed.
0: Oh, oh when
2: he gets <laughs> when he gets flung off the balcony why. I when burst he out falls. Because it was
1: just so ridiculous. I was like, this is just. It's ridiculous.
2: very on the nose about like I didn't about, like, find ending.
1: it good. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like it's just.
2: Ah. Oh. <laughs>
0: Now, I didn't know about the repeat part happening. I took it... I, I was actually writing in my notes, gotta ask Lauren and Bartzek. instead of asking them from the beginning, what's your history and relationship, I was gonna go what was the title of this movie in reference of? But then the movie said, oh, fuck you, Ryan, we're going to do a genre twist now where this is, like, a fucking choose-your-own-adventure, this is Black Mirror Bandersnatch, like, fuck you. And then I was like, oh, okay, here's the repeat. And that ties into, we have a narrator in the movie who's credited as The
2: Oracle, by the way. Yeah, the subtitle's called The Oracle.
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Which means that this confirms that she's a god figure of some sort, like she's some mystical figure. Yeah. Did you think that was Judy Dench, Bartek? When you heard this voice, do you, I mean, do you recognize ah. Judy Dench's voice to begin with? She's the old lady. Who I think. Fe-
2: like I feel like I would, but I didn't think of you know who this person was. I just was resigned myself to the idea that I'd probably not recognize anyone other than. The very, Sam the very kind man from the the Nightingale,
0: and um, Olivia Munn,
2: of course. The, yes, the lady. Yes, and one of the people in the film was in Big Stan, I guess.
1: <laughs> but um, I I thought it was Vanessa Redgraves. You know the narrator of um oh. Call the midwife. Oh, I know and Vanessa like, Redgraves. Great Graves. actress Vanessa Redgraves and I was like, it sounds like Vanessa Redgraves. And then I googled it while watching the movie and found out it was someone else and I was like I was I was like disappointed. I was like, oh.
0: So I was like, Oh, this is Judy Dench and then I was looking it up Hey, Judy Dench's name isn't in IMDB either. And then I was like, who's this Oracle character <laughs> who looks exactly like Judy Dench? Like the pho- photo looks like Judy Dench. Oh, definitely. Yeah. She looks like Judy okay. Dench. And then I look up her acting acting role. She has like thirty or something. And she's in this Judy Dench movie and this Judy Dench movie and this Judy Dench No, 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 no. This Judy Dench movie as characters within those movies. And then you look up her other work, like her other uh, production roles, and she is Judy Dench's assistant. And sometimes okay. she's just in her movies, and on the occasion, she will do a stand in for Judy Dench. But it seems like, from my understanding, she is an actress in her own right, but also it seems more so like she's Judy Dench's assistant who gets put into movies that Judy Dench happens to be in. So and she sounds like Judy Dench and she looks I don't know, did Judy Dench like find her doppelganger and was like, You're my assistant now and I'm gonna play to you in movies. Maybe and, maybe and, Judy <laughs> Dench hasn't noticed. <laughs> and it it's like it's so crazy. Like I walk in going, Daniel Craig's directing this, Mr. Bond himself, and Judy Dench is narrating, and then I find out no no no. Dean Craig is doing this, and not Judy Dench is narrating this, and it feels like, it feels like one of these Netflix rom-com movies, like the Christmas Prince or whatever. But it's done by Asylum, where they get the knockoff <laughs> versions of these oh, the, people. The
2: Mockbuster.
0: The, it feels like a Mockbuster of these type of. You know what it is? It's a Mockbuster of Hugh Grant movies, really, because he is just Hugh Grant, yeah, and. and Look, I don't like Hugh Grant in those roles, but I'll say this: he he's good at doing that. Sam Claflin, he's not good at doing that. You cannot see this type of performance launching Sam Claflin's comedy career like it did with Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, look, he he had a he had an attraction for sure for people the hair, the kind of thing, but his actual demeanor that that Hugh Grant ism he does that really really well, mm-hmm. and that's why those the Grantism. Those, The Grantism Grantism is a brand in itself that he does so well. And he has
2: a hell of a middle name.
0: And, oh yeah, but Sam Claflin can't do that. And Sam Claflin isn't introducing his own style of comedy British straight man guy. He's just doing a knockoff of Hugh Grant. And only, it seems like, here it is, only Hugh Grant can do that. You you have this knockoff, it's not going to work. And that's what it is. It's a mockbuster of of four weddings and a funeral without Rowan Atkinson to save the day. (laughs) Like, how great would it have been if Rowan Atkinson turned up as Roberto? (laughs) Like, he's he's the (laughs) husband. And he's Italian? (laughs) Why wouldn't he? He loves doing funny voices. (laughs) Could you not imagine Rowan Atkinson being like, It's a me, Roberto! And he's just, like, throwing a pizza in the air? That would be amazing. So... The repeat happened. I didn't know. It took me for a loop. Shocked me. How did you feel, Bartik? uh, You're not one to really see huge twists coming in movies either. Um, Especially, yeah, such a non-twisty movie where everything plays out exactly like how you know it's going to.
2: Yeah, one hour of a standard movie, weird thing happens, then half an hour, rest of the film, standard movie. (laughs) Um it really blindsided me. When it happened, I actually had to pause and just reflect on what was happening and realize, oh, this is what the film is. I, I checked the runtime, that was like an hour in, we still had half an hour left. Mm. And a lot of thoughts went through my head, but I thought, you know what, I I need to at least see how it plays out. Because and pointing this out, I watched the film with subtitles. Okay. So I was noticing, the, the subtitles obviously pointed out a lot of little details, like the the narrator's the oracle, yeah, yeah, there yeah. were points in the film where certain pieces of classical music were playing, like uh-huh. Canon in D and uh, Claire de Lune, yeah, 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 um, yeah. and obviously as the film played out again, it sort of went through similar events or time periods, and like those mm. same things were popping up like oh here's the lunchtime scene here's the part where that song plays here's the part where this song plays and i was just thinking in my head like an idealized version of this movie where we the audience uh have a strong understanding of the timeline of the events and like uh things that we can associate to the scenes like the classical music Mm -hmm. and when we see the repetition of the film play out we would see them play out in different ways and we could easily compare and contrast. Mm, mm. And my final thought on the film was, wow, a linear film is not the medium to do this kind of thing. You you said it earlier, visual novel. I've played a lot of visual novel games where that kind of thing is used and it's yeah. it's, it's, it's the medium to do that kind of thing in.
0: I wish that it could work because... It's so bold to shit out this generic rom-com, right? Like, you don't think there's going to be anything to it. Like, here it is, nothing's happening. Like, every beat plays out for how you expect it. Every character's the way that you expect it. And they don't even put in enough time to develop those elements. And then, out of nowhere, it shifts into this weird zone where magical realism is now a part of this universe and everything replays and i was going what is this happy death day where happy death day does that kind of thing where it's like the looping of things and the recontextualization but that movie's like groundhog day but what happens if groundhog day was a slasher movie as well and i kind of wish that this could have worked because it it, like from a like just thinking about it that sounds awesome right like you think you're like it sounds like a prank Oh, we're going to get people like uh, Lauren in, who want to see Sam Claflin, maybe get a little sweaty, maybe take his pants off at one point, who knows, get his pants ripped off. We're going to have the people, you know, the grandmas, they're going to have the the, the nice little British humour where people don't communicate with one another, even though they could easily do it and there's no reason not to. And then halfway through the movie, we're going to just flip the table over and replay the movie again. But now things go completely differently and they go for good. And that sounds more interesting than it actually is because when I saw the repeat, my jaw hit the floor. I was shocked. My wife was going, what? But then very, very, very quickly, it got old because I know I'm just watching the movie that I already didn't like again.
2: Even before that point, there was a huge red flag for me in terms of this is the idea you've presented, and the I think immediate thing you show me is executed poorly. <laughs> so after, so after you know we get the narrator talking about how like oh back when the kids you know rearranged the table, there were thousands of options of how. Yes, it...
1: how many options do you reckon there were? I looked it I up. Googled, I googled it. Yeah, it I was five
2: thousand and forty. Yeah. How awesome! Yeah. Um. But the thing is, uh, they ha- bef- be- before they settled on like the series of events that we saw play out. They had a montage of a bunch of different ways it played ways out. Ways it played out specifically at that table scene. Yeah. And that montage cuts so quickly between everything that me as a viewer, I did not have time to process you know, what the seating arrangements are and what is really no. happening. And considering that we only really see two times timelines play out, that could have been a fun thing for us to see because of all the 5,040 possibilities, but they played it so quickly that we could not take it in. No. And again, that's the immediate thing we see when the repeat happens and it failed. And they,
1: could have, they could have let us like, keep guessing, you know, which timeline at the table is actually the correct one and then at the end jump back to that.
0: Yeah, because I'm going to be honest, I was a bit surprised the timeline of him poisoning himself was the correct one. The one where he keeps making himself out to be a homosexual for no reason other than haha gay's funny. It feels... Um is the one where he wins. Yeah, it
2: it feels like this film really needed like a kind of rule of 3s thing. Like that's the last timeline and it starts off the worst but actually turns out the best, like that kind mm. of thematic thing. And again, if there were 3 that, thing, that idea I was talking about before of us learning all the elements of the day would have been a bit stronger. So the fact that it only settles on two... I find it really distracting. And
0: the ones that they sped through, none of them were particularly funny or interesting. Like, Lauren, you said one of the things that you really liked was that uh, Roberto just gets thrown off the ledge and how ridiculous that was. And I agree, that was really ridiculous. And they introduced, this is the level of ridiculous we can get up to. So when you have the montage of all the different possibilities play out, none of them were, like, wackier and wackier and wackier. Like this is the type of movie where one of the montages should have shown one of the people getting thrown into that big cake, right? Instead of just him grabbing it and eating it. Mm. like That's a crazy thing, right? Or another, like, I'm trying to think of like all these crazy things where it's like you showed in the timeline that played out Roberto gets thrown off the ledge accidentally. That's pretty crazy. What happens if we had another one play out where someone gets naked? Like, none of that happened. It was just, here's Aisling B speaking to this guy, telling him that this guy's a great actor over and over again isn't that funny or like Mm -hmm. none of it was like particularly like striking so even the funny montage didn't even hit that beat because none of the things within it was out completely outrageous or like you go how the fuck did they get into that scenario in that timeline you never think that you just go oh okay he drugged that one accidentally and she fell over okay that's it like nothing Nothing cool happened in yeah. the montage because also just to refer back to happy death day, happy death day. The whole point is like, she's stuck in this loop and she does the Bill Murray thing where she's like, I'm going to kill myself. And the joy of those movies is the montage of all the ways she kills herself. The best one being actually in the second one where she's in the full like jogging gear and she's smiling as ecstatically as she runs head first into a wood chipper and is playing happy music, and that's an extreme, right? Mm-hmm. It's really funny, and you go, yeah. okay, they didn't have anything extreme or funny in that montage of, like, the different outcomes. It was just yeah, kind of like... Yeah, the credits
2: gag reel.
0: Yeah, they needed that kind of credits gag reel, but they didn't... And even that wasn't that particular outrageous or funny.
2: None of it was. They should have, It like... It's just out of context, like, yeah, slightly wacky things.
0: What was your favorite moment in the movie, Bartek? Bartek?
2: I feel like there was a moment that made me laugh, but I cannot remember for the life of me what it was. Was it...
0: I'll, I'll tell you my laugh out loud moment, and it was from our good friend Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when Sam Claflin asked him if we could have a private conversation, he's like, yeah, man to man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it was about him? And in all honesty, I understood why. That was one of the few moments where the construct of the joke wasn't forced. It was like, I could reasonably see why this guy would think that. Like... Because they were looking at each other. And he was talking to him. <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> he doesn't understand that this guy wants to date Olivia Munn and kiss her. Like, he's just like, oi, I would have a private chat or it's a man to man. Like, it, would, why it was, it was just, a good response. It yeah. was a good little play out. And I kind of wish that we saw more of Sam Claflin's character interacting with all these other characters before the hijinks. Because... I didn't realise who Sydney was to Sam Claflin or any of them. I just go in, oh he's the wacky guy there. But when that happened, I got this idea of their relationship and their rapport with one another. But I wish there was more moments like that throughout the movie with Sam Claflin, who's our linchpin character. We had that in four weddings I mean in Death at a Funeral with Matthew McFadden's character. We had that with his relationship with his sibling and all this, but we never got that with Sam Claflin. We just got
2: he's a he's he's just gonna do right by his sister. I just remembered my the thing I laughed at. So in the in the final timeline, aka the second one, um, there was the scene where our drugged up main character, if we want to call him main character, Mm -hmm. um, he's confronted the drug addict guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you know, he's got him against the wall, and he's telling him like you know what not to do and stuff like that. And. Because he's playing it so sedated and so differently from him, <laughs> the contrast is really big when that guy, almost looking straight at the camera, just <laughs> utters the statement, I'm going to save her. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just got me because the delivery was not what I was expecting.
0: They didn't do anything with him. The, 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 the coked out guy who wants to tell her, Like they never did anything funny with him. Because he was mm. supposed to be the Alan Tudyk character from Death at a Funeral. They talked I him up
2: he was too. Meant
1: to be the sleazy guy that's you know obsessed like at Death at a Funeral, the, the one that's obsessed with um, Alan Tudyk's he's, wife. They kind of like merged those. He's two both.
0: He's together. both those characters, but he's also supposed to bring the funny of crazy high guy. What's he gonna do? He's unpredictable, mm. but they don't push it like a Death at a Funeral, where Alan Tudyk like is naked. See again ramping up the lunacy of it to the point in which in that movie peter dinklage is stuffed into the coffin of his lover in a 69 position like that see how ludicrous that is this movie's most ludicrous point was roberto gets pushed off a off a ledge freeze frame we don't even see him die all the consequences and then oracle lady goes let's rewind
2: yeah it was just a really like fuck this timeline and you mentioned earlier magical realism. I don't even think I'd go that far because it's literally just kind of like a cut and saying, let's see it play out differently. There isn't like a, a sort of story surrealist thing that like somehow affects the past to make it different. It's yeah.
0: I wish, no joke, you know what would have been great? If we had that freeze frame of Roberto and then he narrates and he goes, see that guy? That's me, <laughs> and then and then, it, and then it rewinds and it plays from his perspective of the whole entire affair, because think about what the wedding was from his perspective. Like, there's so many weird moments. Like, I know that Sam Claflin is the brother of the lead of the of the bride, but there's so many moments because he's high in one scene or he's like this where he's fawning over her, and I kept having to remind myself. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's not after her sexually. He's her brother. He's her brother because there's so many moments oh, in which scene, yeah. they had sexual chemistry together on screen. The two of them had romantic, not, not even romantic, but sexual chemistry, and I had to remind myself: no, no, brother and sister. Brother and sister. Am I crazy? Like, I felt that throughout no, the movie. I feel
1: like I feel like that's something me and my housemate picked up on. We were like, nope, they're brother and sister. Brother and sister. Like, it was just some weird. I think it was. Probably more of a weird direction in terms of how Dean Craig (laughs) um, told them to play out the scene. Whereas if you're a sibling, you're not that close. But I guess they kind of get away with it because, you know, they've got the plot that, you know, um, their parents had passed away. I forgot that plot. Oh, yeah. Really close?
0: I forgot that plot. (laughs) I also forgot that Olivia. Oh, my God. There is one crazy thing in the movie. Olivia Munn casually states, very casually, that she's a war reporter that got kidnapped by the (gasps) Taliban and also her mum died of cancer. Why is that in the movie? It never does anything. Like, it's never funny either. Like, I just said it and we all kind of laughed. But in the movie, did you laugh at those pieces of information or were you just kind of like, what is this? What is this doing here? No, because
1: Sydney's, you know, like, interrupting her every time she tries to tell the story and you're like
2: was that one was she telling that to sydney or was she telling that to sleepy main character both she was telling
0: the taliban story to sydney and telling the cancer story to sam claflin in the good timeline right but it's really funny that in this movie her character is going through some really deep shit but the movie doesn't want to ever touch it but also both of them are ludicrously over the top because her cancer story about her mum that's tragic but the way she's telling it yeah she's in tears It's really over the top. Like, also the details. Because you're focusing in on Sam Claflin not paying attention. I was focusing in on what she was saying. And she was saying like some crazy shit. And then the Taliban story is the exact same where You're like, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, whoa. One, I don't believe Olivia Munn is a war reporter for a fucking start. No, she is. There's a part where she has to leave because of a hurricane.
0: In the war. The war again
2: okay. In Mexico. Well,
0: she used to be a war reporter. See, then she got kidnapped, and now she's a little traumatized. And so so that's her story. She's traumatized
2: for a few seconds. Oh,
0: can we talk about the beginning of the movie? And how, for the greatest oh. portion, it felt like it never mattered until, like, near the end? Lauren, could you explain the beginning of the movie for everyone? Uh, Bartek's looking at me a little bit like, I, the I beginning only, of the movie?
1: I only
2: remember, like, the literal first thing. I don't remember the next thing.
1: Okay, so the literal first thing, you see Sam Claflin, like, amping himself up in the bathroom mirror. Yeah, that was
2: my moment going, of, like, oh, oh the Nightingale. Going, like,
1: squishing his cheeks and going, it's okay, it's okay, like, yeah. you can do this. Um, and then, it, obviously, he's meeting up with Dina. Um, oh, yeah. Olivia yeah. Munn, and it's, like, their last goodbye before, you know, say, like, they've had a weekend with... You know, Sam Claflin's sister. I can't remember her
0: name. No one cares. The
1: Angus and Perfect, um, Angus and Perfect snogging chick. Um, You
0: you just throw that one out there, and we'll accept it.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, and they're saying goodbye. They're about to kiss, and then you know, this college friend, um, from. Sam, Sam's college friend rocks up and so like, hello, and like completely ruins it.
2: And we never see <laughs> that guy again. He's like the prototype Sydney for
0: that scene. I thought that was Sydney. I was like, and then, then I rewatched the scene Sydney. and it wasn't Sydney. And I was like, wait, was this guy ever in the movie again? No, he never turned up again. And I was like, what a waste. And again, it's these little decisions that would have really helped bolster the enjoyment of the movie. Because although it sounds really silly to say, oh, well... That character, he wasn't at the wedding, and that kind of damages the movie? No, but like having a consistency of understanding the relationships of people, if that was Sydney's character, it would make sense because Sydney would do that, yeah. and he's already doing that in the movie. Why wasn't it Sydney? Was that actor just not available? It, Who knows? And
2: if you walk into this film knowing that it's like an ensemble type film, you, the introduction of that character for the audience is okay, here's the third character we're meeting and we're going to see develop. No, but instead it's just
0: some random guy. And I kept forgetting that that was the start of the movie because every time they would come back to Olivia Munn, I was like, why does he know her again? Oh, right. He knows her from the beginning of the movie. I don't even remember what they were doing. Like, Laurie just said, they were saying their goodbyes. I remember all I, what I do remember is the beginning of the movie, the first 20 minutes, every single line of dialogue was like, I am your brother's good friend. And I like, like, they were all speaking in while you're studying this thing, and was you're a war journalist. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was always telling you what was what in I, a very I remember obvious way. from
2: the beginning of the film up to, like, when they were trying to have that first kiss, there were a lot of lines that was like, oh, that was exposition. That's exposition. Did you pick it up?
0: <laughs> Did you pick it up? I learned. I learned. I I <laughs> suffered a lot during this movie. I'll tell you. My low point in the movie, my low point. or I, I I just I just couldn't stand it anymore. There was a point where Sam Claflin was explaining to his sister that, he didn't drug the drug addict guy, but he accidentally drugged someone else, or they didn't know that it worked or didn't work, and there was just so many moments in which it was like, if you just said this in this way, this whole situation would be over, and they just kept not communicating to one another, even though they're their brother and sister who love each other and who always look out for each other, and I just... I I had a stool in front of me and I tipped it over and I just said, fucking talk to each other, you idiots. This is one of those movies where it relies on no one talking to one another and it got to the point in which it was so unrealistic. And again, it didn't have a cartoony enough sense of tone for that to fly by like in a Hugh Grant movie where Hugh Grant, the way he encapsulates the fact that he doesn't talk properly, it makes sense. But... Or in these other type of British movies, but this one, I just couldn't get over the fact that I'm just like, oh, fucking
2: talk properly, you idiots. And even from the moment uh, where the repeat uh, splits, the the seating arrangements, there was always the option of, hey, you want to change seats? Oh my god. I know! There's a point where Chaz just sits next to his girlfriend in the bad
0: timeline anyway, because no one's ever sitting at that table. And I was like, fucking hell. Okay, Chaz, we don't talk about Chaz, Chaz Lichardello, no, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> Chaz has an amazing point in the movie where I, I did not like his character, but I agreed with him at one point where he says to Sam Claflin, like, hey, it's awfully convenient that you, the ex-boyfriend, managed to get a seat next to my girlfriend and move me across from the table, like, that's a bit sus. And the movie is obviously framed it like we know the context of that, so we obviously don't agree. But I couldn't help but agree with Chaz during that entire sequence. I'm like, no, 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 Chaz is fucking right. He doesn't know the context. He's fucking right. And the scene kept saying, oh, look at Chaz, what a fucking idiot. Sam Claflin's right. But Sam Claflin never explains to him what the situation was. He just goes, oh, you think that I want that? I hate her. Like, he doesn't say, oh, well, they put it like, I didn't, you know, like, I didn't decide that. That was my sister or the kids or whatever. He never (laughs) explains it. So the whole scene, we're supposed to agree with Sam Claflin, but he's not explaining what happened there. And all I'm thinking of is this guy, Chaz, is not getting information to counter his viewpoint. And I'm thinking I would have that viewpoint if I'm at a wedding with my girlfriend who I want to propose to. And somehow... The the brother of the bride manages to sit next to my girlfriend, who's his ex-girlfriend, and I'm forced to sit on the other side,
2: I'd be pissed. Dude, seriously, everything you just said, you can just skip it by having him say, hey, let's switch seats, please. <laughs> I beg you, switch seats with me. Yes, if he hated her
1: so much, he would have swapped seats.
0: And if he hated her so much, how come we never got to see that when they sat next to each other? Because... That's the thing, right? They sit next to each other. We never see that really play out the way that you would expect. We
1: do we do a little the bit like She comments thing. going, Oh, you're wearing the cufflinks I bought you. And then he's like, yeah, they're the only ones they had. And then she's like, fuck you.
2: But that's nothing. The way that they amped it it's up was not like, like, it, it was, it's... yeah, it was too much of the fuck you. It was like, oh, okay. Oh yeah. It was
0: really weird when they swore in this movie as well, because it felt like every actor was embarrassed to be swearing. Sam Claflin swears like a motherfucker in the Nightingale and it feels natural. In this movie, at the end, when he was like, fuck off. No, seriously, fuck off. It felt like a small child having to swear in front of his grandmother. He was like, I really don't want to, but I got to. It was embarrassing. It was awkward. And I was having to remind myself, this guy can act, apparently. Apparently he can act, but this is the type of roles he likes to do for some reason. Because people like lauren is an easy target demographic for him to get i imagine right like he's an attractive guy i'm sure that his agency and his management and him himself want to play into this type of movie because it really gets a certain demographic and it's easy to do from an acting perspective of oh i'm the charming handsome guy i think i could do that
2: if he can play into the Nightingale, he can play into this kind of thing, I'm sure.
0: Oh, this is a cakewalk. Like, that's what I mean. It's so disappointing that this seems to be the standard for Sam Claflin and not I think, other things.
1: I think, yeah, I think now he is tapping into other stuff. Because obviously, he's done Enola, Enola Holmes, where he plays Mycroft. And he's, I don't like Mycroft in that movie. He'd like... T- he yells at her at one point, and I'm like, that's terrifying.
0: But Minecraft's a jerk, um, so it makes sense. I keep hearing yeah, Minecraft. Yeah. Um, and then he's what else <laughs> has he done? He's done Peaky Blinders as well. In which he played a pretty boy. <laughs> Fun fact. I can't, I, I can't remember. What did he play? I can't remember. I saw a picture of him, and he just looked pretty. <laughs> like, that's all <laughs> I know. He's like, oh, he's pretty. but.
1: Um, And he's being cast in a couple of things where he's playing a bit more rugged kind of dirty kind of characters so he's obviously trying to change that image now i think he's kind of come to a point where he's like no nah, i can't keep children. can
0: he be the new dan stevens where he plays creeps and weirdos but still is cool because that's dan stevens new that'd, potential
1: that'd be cool that'd be cool Dan Stevens in Eurovision movie. Oh, he was
0: fun in that. Like, Bartek... He was fun, yeah. There's the Netflix uh, movie, like, Eurovision Song Contest. It's a stupid Will Ferrell movie, and I thought it was pretty bad, but the only redeeming thing is Dan Stevens is in it as the hyper-sexual, very much bi or gay character from like Russia I want to say and he's mm-hmm. like the typical Eurovision like leather pants and like men are just coming out between his legs out of nowhere like it makes no sense <laughs> and like he's amazing at that you would want to watch it just for his scene that just sounds remove amazing. everything yeah. else just watch Dan Stevens but I hope that Sam Claflin evolves into the new Dan St- I want to see him and Dan Stevens team up in one of those movies where it's like do you remember that movie with Reese Witherspoon where she was the target of uh, Tom Hardy and Chris Pine? It was called This Means War, oh, yeah. where they were two yeah. CIA agents who really had the hots for her. And they were competing with her, uh, competing to get her. So they used CIA technology and stuff to get her. Like, I'm <laughs> spying on her. I hacked into her mainframe to get her identity. Uh, and all sounds romantic. I want that movie, but played... For the dramatic sense of how psychologically fucked it is, but with Dan Stevens and Sam Claflin and they're both MI6 agents and Judy Dench narrates. <laughs> <Okay.
1: laughs> we could write that movie. We could
0: write that. Yeah, yeah. And and there would be called this uh, it would be called Have Some Tea because they're both British. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, uh, I wanna touch on uh with this movie. Back to
2: Love Wedding Repeat. What a fucking great title. No commas either. (laughs) It doesn't need any. It's perfect. So then it's pronounced Love Wedding Repeat. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I was thinking, when I first heard it, I was like, this is one of those titles where you can just interchange the the words around it. it wouldn't make much of a difference. But now that I've seen the movie... It should be, like, love plus wedding equal repeat. Like, I would love
2: it if it was, like, that's no, the it combination. Should be,
1: it should be wedding, wedding, repeat. Death. <laughs> just wedding and repeat. Just wedding and repeat. I feel like,
2: yeah, you could make, like, an equation out of it. Like, if you mix these two, it will create a repeat, and the repeat value would add to the love and wedding to create an ending.
0: This is probably the...
1: That was just a continuum.
2: Yeah, this is
0: probably the most in depth anyone's talked about love (laughs) winning repeat. Like, I I like. Other than Dean Craig, of course, and Daniel Craig, his brother. I'd love that if that was revealed like it was his brother.
2: Earlier, Ryan, you were talking about um, how you would like it if the repeat part was uh, Roberto having the this is me moment <laughs> yeah. and that like, justifies the repeat. I actually had my own one, yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah, was yeah. a bit different. So my version, I wanted to give the children something more to do. So when Roberto falls over, it pans over to the children just standing and staring at it and they all in unison and say, this timeline is also not correct. (laughs) (laughs) And then their eyes glow. (laughs) Yeah, sure, their eyes glow. And then that justifies them going back and doing it differently.
0: They're aliens. (laughs) They're just trying to read... No, no,
2: they could be aliens. (laughs) They could be. It's implied... Or they're
0: angels, because Oracle. Yes, that's our magical realism. Now, uh, is there anything else to say about love, wedding, repeat? Um...
2: Because... It there's, just ends. There's a part where it looks like he's giving a blowjob, but it's a finger. It doesn't work because she's seeing it from the side where it's
0: the hand there, not like the other side. Oh, can we talk about Olivia Munn, who's in the movie? She's the gen- she's the uh, the much needed American actress that we need to sell this movie to people outside <laughs> of the UK. But she can be on the British table. you're right why was she there fuck her the the, the english speaking table that's the reason oh sorry the english table yeah what's our relationship with actress olivia munn do we know her very well from things at all
1: i like it nowhere but mainly from like gossip magazines i don't know what else she's been in
2: (laughs) bartek olivia munn i feel like when i looked her up yesterday there was one or two things but i cannot remember for the life of me
0: She's the new Blake Lively to me in terms of, I know their name, I know somewhat what they look like, but like Lauren says, I don't know anything about them other than pretty lady, and I've seen her act in things, and she's terrible, like, she cannot act, but she's pretty lady, and I've got to be honest, like I said with Blake Lively, I don't find her that overwhelmingly attractive to the point in which I'll let that slide, like with some other attractive people. Like I like Heather Graham can act, but like I see Heather Graham and I'm like, okay, well, I know why I'm here, but like she doesn't like Olivia Munn doesn't have that overwhelming sense for me. So when I'm watching Mm -hmm. this movie, I'm just noting, like, boy, she she did not know what facial reaction to put there, did she? She just kind of went with Whatever the die roll said, whatever the visual novel adventure chose for her face, <laughs> she went with. And they gave a point where characters commented on, well, you're very attractive. You've got a low cut dress. And I'm like, is that it? And oh yeah, she's there was the a other... line
2: about like exposed breasts, but is, not too exposed.
0: Is, is, that, is, that, is that what her level, like, I don't know. I just didn't see, I wasn't overwhelmed, but that's what I know her. Like Lauren said, I know her just via, she's Olivia Munn. You hear about her. Because she's an attractive lady, like Blake Lively. Blake Lively, she was in Girls? Gossip, girls. Gossip, Go- Gossip oh, girls. She's not Gossip Girl, but she's in Gossip Girl. But is she a great actress? No, but she's married to Ryan Reynolds, and he's hot, and she's hot. The end. And that's this movie where it's like, Olivia Munn, she's here, she's yeah, attractive. Yeah, but she was
2: kidnapped by the Taliban. <laughs> Where's her movie? Where's Love Terrorism repeat? Well, we know how it ends. She she's fine. But
0: what happens if that was the what happens if we saw the bad timeline version
2: in which she escaped? Oh, so this is going to be the timeline where at the Taliban HQ the children rearranged the seating arrangement.
0: <laughs> they rear they rearranged the dynamite in the room, yeah. I would like it if we saw that movie, but instead we got all the multiple options of her like getting killed, or if she did escape, it leads to this movie, like that's the good <laughs> timeline, or another one where she does escape, but she 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 never comes to the wedding. Like I would love. What I'm saying is, where's the love wedding repeat expanded universe? Where is it, Lauren? Make it an adventure <laughs> game series.
1: In the mind of Daniel F- Craig. <laughs>
0: oh. Would this have worked better as one of those choose-your-own-adventure movies, these interactive... I
1: think it would have. I think it would have been a lot better.
0: But why didn't they...
1: I think it's more satisfying, yes, because then you can be like, oh, you know, if you want the happy ending, you can get the happy ending, and if you don't want the happy ending, you can go, like, chaotic... Like chaotic good, chaotic lawful good.
0: I, 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 yeah. I, I would choose as this movie evidently did in the second act, like Mm. in the second portion, um, gay option every time because that's what they could do with (laughs) Sam Claflin. It's like they never introduced that idea in the first half, but in the second half, they're like, "What happens if everything made him look gay? Wouldn't that be funny?" And I'm like, "Where did this come from? It was very (laughs) weird. It came out of nowhere. Very odd." Um, I think that's it. Love, wedding, repeat. Sam Claflin strikes again, and he strikes hard, and he strikes raw. Um, not as much as the Nightingale. Boy, oh boy. Lauren, good luck if you ever watch that movie, because your <laughs> Sam Claflin love affair will end. He's a monster. Yes, sex twice, <laughs> not nicely. Sex, and, sex in quotes. Um, that's it. Uh, would you recommend this
2: movie, Bartek? Um. <laughs> You can say no. We, I, I think we got a really good episode out of it. So if you're me in the past, I recommend it. But if you're someone if else, you're new now. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not Bartwomie Kaspschischak, then probably not. <laughs> I know some people in the. I youth- <laughs> ask you so many easy questions
0: sometimes, and you give me such nebulous answers. Wanna- <laughs> like, would you recommend this? Hmm, well, if you're asking me for the past because I'm going to have an episode in which I enjoy doing, then yes. But if you're asking me now after the episode is done, then no. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend this movie. It is so boring and generic, and everything plays out exactly like you think, and none of it is actually funny. There's not enough. There's failed attempts at comedy, and failed comedy is not fun. Failed drama, on the other hand, is very, very yes, fun. Yes. And I'd recommend Ron Howard's new movie, Hillbilly Elegy, which is on Netflix, and that's a real movie. Or
1: is it out now, is
0: it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's out, um, or it's coming out soon. In which But
1: that's his, Os- that's his Oscar bait film, yeah, isn't it? And
0: it's hilarious. <laughs>
2: Failed drama, I assume.
0: Glenn Close is in, like, this makeup that makes her look really old. She has, like, frizzy hands. She looks like a creature.
2: (laughs) It's so amusing.
0: And she's got, like, these big glasses. Oh, it's amazing. You, you would love it. It's, it's, it's fucking a mess. And oh, Amy Adams is doing that thing where she's like, I'm a drug addict. You can tell because my hair isn't as nice.
2: <laughs>
0: and I've got a silly, silly hillbilly accent. I'm going for an Oscar because they keep not giving me one. Every year they nominate Amy Adams, but they never give her a fucking Oscar. Maybe for a hillbilly elegy. Well, She needs to do The Revenant. Would you recommend this, Lauren?
1: I would say go and watch Death at a Funeral instead.
0: Or Death Note on Netflix, another great Netflix classic. <laughs> the film or the anime? I said on Netflix, so the Netflix Netflix. I think they're The both Netflix on Death their...
2: Note is. Oh, the Netflix made one. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. The one made by Netflix themselves. Mr. Netflix sat down. So it, he it, said is... bum bum, you know, that bum bum sound they made, and mm-hmm. shout
2: out a, a Death Note movie <laughs> with Willem Dafoe. What's that? Wait, hold on, was this film a Netflix original or was it made by Netflix? I think it was a Netflix
0: Netf- original. Original,
2: baby. Okay. Baby. But it
1: was based on a French film.
2: Isn't everything? Which also has yeah. low
0: ratings, by the way. The French film is <laughs> yeah, not 30% original.
1: on Rotten Tomatoes,
0: the French It's not as if they took like a great foreign film and remade it and did it shittily. They took a shitty
2: foreign film and remade it shittily. Yeah, you got to take a foreign anime and make it.
0: Uh, I would love it if they took a local anime and it made it more British, like a British anime. <laughs> Do they exist?
2: <laughs> I mean, British animated shows. No, no,
0: anime. Anime. Because they have American anime now, like with Castlevania on yeah. Netflix. But... I, know that, I know
2: that French ones are called like French Amaze. What would the British one be called? Um, they would be called
0: Colonial Lays. <laughs> Brita May. That'd be great. So, Bartek, you're recommending the movie for next episode. Mm-hmm. It is up to you to carry the legacy of
2: Sam Claflin. Will you bring <laughs> him back or will you put him away? Hit us. So, I'm at the point in my cycle where I pick a non-American film...
0: Ah, the French Afrikaans movie. When
2: I find English subtitles for it, I will pick it, I promise. Um, This time I'm kind of a little bit cheating, but I think (laughs) you'll see why. So this film is American in a lot of ways, but the mind behind it isn't. Is it The Room? it's not The Room it's one of its cousins Neil Breen it's (laughs) it's a film that I think actually all three of us have seen (gasps) Troll 2 it's Troll 2 from 1990
0: (gasps) yes
2: Troll 2 baby Oh, my God. Very American setting, American actors, but a very Italian mind.
0: (laughs) Minds. Minds. Minds.
2: Minds. Husband and wife minds. Husband and wife (laughs) minds.
0: All right, Troll 2. So, everyone, you better bone up on your troll film. So, watch Troll 1 so you understand (laughs) Troll 2. Troll 1's
2: easy. It has a character named Harry Potter in it.
0: Yeah, before Harry Potter. And it features less transphobia than the Harry Potter, huh? No, I'm getting at you, JK. Fuck you. You're being as political as Troll 2. Oh boy! So troll two, that will be what we're up to next. Lauren, thank you. I was going to say thank you. I said it, but I, thank you quotation marks for bringing this to us.
2: At least you're not quoting the end of the film.
0: No, I'm not going to do that. That would mean I would remember it. Fucking <laughs> easy. We, we talked about
2: it. The fuck off! Lauren. Oh, oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> fuck off, Lauren. Now, listening people, you can follow us on the social medias: Facebook, Twitter. We're always posting some fun, interesting things on there. Having heated conversations about things this week we talked about pretty boy actors turning bad many people were like well tom cruise he's he's a pretty boy actor who's done bad roles and i argued on most of his roles him being a scumbag in some way (laughs) but i was just confusing real life tom cruise for being a scumbag in real ways but oh well silly me what's he done um scientology (laughs) 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 <laughs> he ruined katie holmes his career for a fucking start oh, yeah. um so until next time listening people make sure to check us out on those email us at spit gmail.com to let us know your thoughts and opinions on things we've discussed rate and review us and uh that's it uh we had many options of where this episode could have gone lauren's at her home recording on her own if she came here This episode could have been completely different.